0: Yeah, very good evening to you. This is the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Every single Wednesday, 8 till 9pm. Jake Watson in for Johnny Burrow this evening. As I said, he is resting up the voice. It's been a, a busy few weeks, has it, for our, for our Johnny. Um, so rest up, mate. Um, hopefully we'll see you again soon. So yeah, it is me, Jake Watson, joining the studio uh, by James Jones and Danny Lewis um, from West Ham World. It's been James for yourself. Danny, first time I've met you. Very good very good evening. Nice to meet you. But James, the first well time I've seen you in, in a little while. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has.
2: Yeah, it's nice. It's, whole, nice. it's, it's nice to it's, see your face. What,
0: but you're saying you were leaving it there. It's nice that you've not seen me in a while. <laughs> no, there, no. There was, a, there was a pause there.
2: No, I, was just, I, I just, didn't what know was that for. I just didn't a know. Dramatic pause. What nice <laughs> word to say afterwards.
0: Nice, no, but it's good to see your face, Jake. It's been nice. It's been nice. <laughs> um, right, you were just mentioning me before we kind of gone on air. Um, it's a certain. I'm not. I'm sure if we can go an anniversary, but there's a date of of slight significance. Isn't there? Yeah, today for for, for you West Ham fans, it's
2: four years since West Ham signed Dimitri Payet, um, and
0: is this is this of particular significance? Well,
2: the the club have seemed to have made a big deal about yeah, it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did I did see it on today um, on Twitter,
2: and you know I think a lot of fans are still split on on whether he's a legend or whether uh, whether he can uh, like we can just be forgotten given the way that he left uh, about eighteen months two years ago. So I don't know. Like, obviously on these sort of anniversaries everyone's like oh would you have him back you know and there's been some hints that we might be interested in him but um Danny me and you were talking in the uh yeah uh beforehand that you know probably wouldn't have him back
1: yeah I you know don't get me wrong I'm not one of those that still hate him and all that sort of thing I I miss him like quite a lot I was writing an article about him earlier and I was just thinking like oh I just remember those days and to be honest, that's part of the reason why I wouldn't want him back because I don't want that time tainted because okay, he's going almo- going back to an ex, right? Yeah, okay. it's like he he was this almost like this magical figure who just popped up for a season, mm. scored these incredible free kicks, and then left again. And it's mm. you know if he did come back and was average or not as good as last time, it would be like oh well, mm. you're not the same now, are you? I find it interesting though what you said. You know this this
0: debate almost among. West Ham fans about whether he is a legend or not because as I say I, I used to do this show it's been, been a little while since I've been here but one of the last ones we did I think it was off the back of a a West Ham Twitter video of, of Mark Noble and, <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. had a, a long old debate about that didn't we and yeah, yeah. It, it was massively divisive between the fans about whether he was a, a legend or not which I found personally quite hard to believe I mean even if you know you can question his ability I mean I, I'm not necessarily that, that that's a debate but in terms of his longevity at, at the football club I thought it was a bit of a no-brainer so I find it interesting that we're you, having the debate about Mark Noah being a, a legend but also having the same one about Pyatt who who as you as mentioned had a, a one magical season and then kind of left under really quite kind of acrimonious circumstances.
2: I think in, in this day and age you know it doesn't take a lot for fans to 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 call someone a legend, you know, all they got to do is bang in a few free kicks and, and yeah. give you a good season, and suddenly you know they're, they're in that bracket or getting close to being in that bracket. I think Payet could have be could have been put in that bracket had he not left the way he did, um, and had he stayed a little bit longer, maybe to the end of that season, you know, he left in January. Um, but at the at the end of the day, he didn't, and what what happened happened, and you know, I I don't I don't think we should even entertain any kind of move for him. Because we're not going to get the same payer You know, we got we got a twenty-eight-year-old payout or twenty-seven-year-old payout at, t- at the time. Mm. You know, pushing. You know, pushing to get into the the France team for the Euros. Um, yeah, which, he which he did. did. And he was one of the stars of that and one. And he was wasn't one he? of the stars. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to get that sort of player anymore. And I just think you know, if he comes back, where did, one? Where does he fit? Yep. Uh, and two. The first time he plays, everyone's going to expect him to whip in a free kick from thirty yards, <laughs> and he's and he's going to rip one into Rose's head, and everyone's going to go, "Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. What's the point? Now. What's the point? Yeah. Just leave it be. You know, we've got some great memories from him from that last season at Upton Park. Um, memories that you know will stay with many, many fans, uh, you know, forever. Let's just leave it at that.
1: Danny, do you agree? Yeah. Well, uh, just before the show, I got some stats on how he actually yes! did this season, mate. Because, I love some stats. Um, so has he been rubbish? He actually hasn't been that bad. He got across the Europa League and Ligon. Um he got 27 starts and nine sub appearances, scoring six goals and getting seven assists. Okay. So it's not that bad. It's all right. But, you know, if you saw that in normal circumstances, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, give it a go." But you know, it's just that sentimental value. Like I don't want him to come back and ruin what he is to me because of what he did before. Like so, you know, as James said, he probably might not fit in and, you know, others might have to miss out if he did come in, who could do better. Mm. But it's not even that That for me. You know, for some people, it's the fact that he did so well the first time that they want him to mm. come back. But for me, it's the complete opposite. So is is
0: this um, discussion about, you know, would you have him back coming off the back of like genuine links? Or is it just, you know, a general discussion you, you have amongst yourself in terms of a, you know, a what if situation?
2: Well, he's been linked with Leeds, is not he? Which... I haven't.
0: I mean, I've seen Buffon and Francesco Totti yeah. have been this Payet, week linked with. Yeah, it's been linked with them really? as well. I didn't, I didn't um, see that one. I haven't seen
2: any solid, like credible links yeah. to West Ham. But you know, there's, there's been a few insiders on on Twitter, perhaps hinting that you know it's being looked at.
0: So um, again, that, that strikes me a little bit in terms of the way you left whether the you know the fans we all know not fickle but do you know what football fans are like you know memories can be short you can love someone you can hate someone it can change very quickly but I, I, I presume kind of relationships with a board um, would perhaps be more kind of lasting so it, 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 I find it a little bit surprising that the board would, would entertain it because of the way it left
2: I don't think they would I don't think David no. Sullivan would entertain it and you know the, what we're hearing at the moment is that you know Pellegrini and Houselos have their own mission in terms of the, the transfer strategy, and he kind of doesn't fit into that. That you know that sort of bracket of player that we're looking for, anyway. So I think a lot of it is just you know just talk because everyone would love to see him back.
0: Yeah. But, see the, the thing with me, we talk about legends and that because again, it's always a debate. It's, is that person a legend? For me, what I think I think you need to separate a legend and a hero. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because for me. I think that a legend, it, it's kind of undisputable that that person, you know, they're, they're a legend to everyone. Whereas I think a hero can be a personal thing. And, you know, they, they could have played just for your football club for a year. But because of, you know, Danny, you talk about the memories that they give you, he can be your hero. But there's a difference perhaps being a hero and a legend.
2: Well, Tevez falls under the same bracket. Yeah. You no. know, he won't go down in in particular folklore as one of your part. greatest
0: ever players, but in yeah. terms of you know moments that he gave you over a short period of time, you can understand why we would have some kind of status with those fans. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't know about, don't know about you. Dan. And
1: with the legend thing, you know, you don't look at Pyatt and think, oh, you know, one day you might have a stand named after him or something no, like that. Like <laughs> there is not going to be a you know, Piot look at at <laughs> training <laughs> ground. <laughs> you look at Mark Noble and think like, oh. You know, as much as people moan him about him now, you yeah. know, in 20 years, they could be thinking, what oh, yeah, mean, let's name a stand."
0: He could easily, you know, once he finishes retiring, go into the coaching staff and just yeah. His, yeah. his association will likely in some capacity continue with West Ham. You know, in years gone by when he sat on the, the sofa on, on Sky Sports, he won't be there talking about any other football club
1: other than West Ham. Yeah. You know? yeah, and it's like, you know, with Pyatt, in my book, he's nowhere near a legend, but he's just so unique. It's, you know, I doubt there's many players where a fan base would look at him the way that West Ham fans look at Pyatt. So it's a very unique case. He's he's not a legend, but it's one of those where you can't really quite put a name on what he is to mm. West Ham, but it's kind of special in the same way. Well,
0: he was a maverick, wasn't he, as a as A, a maverick's the best way to sum exactly. him up. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and again, you know, these are the kind of players that people absolutely love. Don't they? I mean, James. In, in your years at West Ham, you had some. You have some. Add some mavericks. You mentioned kind of the likes of Carlos Tevez. Yeah. And then people forget, I suppose, sometimes you know when they haven't been there for years and years, or they've gone on to other clubs and had maybe a, a longer association with them. Say, for instance, like someone like Carlos Tevez. But I mean, where does where does Piant rank in terms of kind of raw ability?
2: Oh, he's he's definitely up there with one of the best. I think you know if you just take that one season, um, barring Di Canio. And he pushes Di Canio again, in terms of ability, Maverick, uh, like the the Maverick, <laughs> yeah, the um, ultimate. I think you know, I think Di Canio is probably the very top, but Payet pushes him in terms of one of the best players I've ever seen play live in a West Ham shirt. Mm. Uh, Tevez just behind. I think he, I think he trumps Tevez. I think. Tevez only really turned up for twelve games in that season. Yeah, I know it's crazy, um, isn't it? Although he was, you know, he had his moments, but it was the end of the season when we really saw the real Carlos it, it, Tevez yeah, came to life. Whereas play for the entire season was just was just amazing, but then Di Canio you know, consistently did it for like what four or five years.
0: Yeah, Danny, in in, in your life, you know, going down to obviously the the Berlin or or the London Stadium, the players you've seen. I mean, is he is he the standout player?
1: Well, yeah, he's definitely up there. to To be honest, I uh, I feel a bit for my nephew because when I first started taking him, that was Payette's first season, so he must have been thinking, "Oh, yeah, this is what it's like every, every year. year. We're gonna <laughs> have this player like so and I always be like, "Oh, oh, Bob, you know what? Like, this is a very special player you're getting to watch. Yeah, Make yeah. the most of it." Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely one of the best that I've seen.
0: Throw, throw, throw another name, though, in there. We've got
1: Paolo. I mean, I was around for the end of uh, Paolo Di Canio. I also used to really enjoy watching Dean Ashton. Yeah? Um, he yeah. was one of my favourites. Obviously, it's a shame how yeah, things ended for nice him as well. But, but, yeah, he was another one of my favourites to watch, and obviously Scott Parker before he went to Tottenham. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> before he ruined that. Um, okay, brilliant. So, what? Um, we're saying
0: nice anniversary. Thank you. West Ham Twitter sphere, but for, for bringing it back to our attention. Yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe time to, to move on and forget about it. Or we're going to be sat here in another year doing five years since Payette. Hopefully not. No.
2: Yeah, just leave it that. <laughs>
0: Oh, there we are. We're going to leave it right there. <laughs> yeah. As said by James, you are listening to the West Ham show here on Love Sport Radio. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Under-21s Championships. Rumours have it that the West Ham scouts had a whole host of people there checking out on the talent and not to forget um, a couple of your own players involved in the tournament itself. So we'll do that next here on the West Ham show on Love Sport Radio. This. It's Love Sport. Yeah, and it's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport. Jake Watson in for Johnny Burrow this evening. Um, we have got Danny Lewis and James Jones in the studio. We've just been discussing um, Dimitri Payet, Maverick, cult hero, legend, whatever you want to call him. It's four years to the day um, since he signed for your football club. Um, maybe we'll be sitting in another year's time and, and reminisce a little bit more about the Frenchman. But let's talk about the European um, Under-19s Championships not necessarily from an England perspective. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what there is to say. It was it was pretty pretty dire. Um, but we do know that the likes of Pablo Fonaus was out there playing for Spain. Saw a goal he scored. Looks a player. Um, mm. But yeah, what, what have you been hearing? Because the, the story is that you've got a load of scouts out there, which I think is great. Um, taking a look at, arguably, Europe's, I mean, you could go as far as saying the world's best talent all, all on show here.
1: Yeah, well, the main focus at the moment is on the uh, French team. Um, we're meant to be looking at a guy called Mateta, um, but he only the only game he actually started was a 0-0 draw and he's a striker, so that's probably not the best sign. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently, we you know, we're looking at the French players and we're also keeping an eye out for other players. So uh, it's quite encouraging because obviously, you know, the... The signs coming out of the club have been that, you know, we're looking for young talent and this, this sort of backs it up, you know, when you're looking at, you know, hypothetically, they're going to be the among the best under-21 players in Europe. So it's the perfect place to look probably. And obviously it helps that one of our players is, well, one of our new players is doing very well there. He, um, he's probably, see, he only started one game, but he's probably been amongst Spain's best players, mm. um, He came on for a bit in the first game, came on in the second game and scored the winner in the 88th minute and then started the final game, which Spain won 5-0 and scored the opener. So, yeah, you can't really complain when you see your new signing doing that. Mm yeah and I suppose the nice thing is
0: is is when you're you're performing well at a tournament because, as you said, all these scouts here everyone's taking a look at him we, we see it all the time, particularly with, with world cups. you have a good tournament, and then suddenly out of nowhere you've gone from being a ten million pound player to a to a forty mm. million pound player, which is often a dangerous market, but you know the four ounce deal is done he's yours, Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think thats i suppose that's the only real worry on the on the back of what 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 we've been told that you know there's a mission like under twenty one scouting mission going on is that now, now everyone knows that we're there, and we're we're keen on buying a few youngsters. Mm. That you know, if one of the, one or two of these youngsters have a you know have a really good couple of really good games, and their clubs are going to go, okay, yeah. well, you want him? You know, you're going to have to pay thirty million rather than the fifteen we initially wanted. Um, but at the same time, the big thing for me is that this really proves that there's been a real shift at the football club in terms of the way we do transfer business. Now, everyone knows how poor we've been over the last few years, you know, buying the likes of, um, I don't know, Sofian Fagouli and Gokhan Tore and Simone Zaza and Arbeloa. I mean, I could go on, I could do the entire hour one. Like, no, I'd, I'd like, like a couple more. Because uh, you, you
0: forget, you forget Patrice, Patrice Ever, Evra.
2: Patrice uh, Evra. I mean, Samir Nasri I forgot last half season. of those players you, you yeah. mentioned there, Gokhan Tore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're only just getting rid of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so, to to be able to Already signed Pablo Fonales who who at the moment from from what we've already heard is has, has been an absolute at twenty five million quid. Um to so then be looking at a few more um and hopefully get them, you know, if we can get them for you know, under twenty twenty million quid, which a lot of youngsters probably might might go if they're like just coming through their ranks at their at their parent club, then I think it's only a good thing. And I'd rather see us build a squad of young players than bring in the likes of Sam and Ashley on six-month deals, the yeah. likes of you know, Arbeloa and, and Ever and all that, just trying to fill gaps here and there because we've got injury crisis and all that. If you've got youngsters, hungry youngsters, coming out of a major tournament at their level, signing for a Premier League football team and fighting for a 1st team opportunity, it can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, and so there, there has been a need, hasn't there, Danny, to, to move away from these. It's not, you don't want to criticise these players because some of them have worked out. But, you know, it is nice to see that there's clearly a longer term view in terms of the way you're building this squad.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can only get so far by, you know, signing this old player and be like, oh, yeah, he'll do it. He'll fill a hole for a couple of months and then we'll get another one. You know, you're never going to really progress like that. You know, the fact that we're getting four nows and we're looking at these other young players, it's like, oh, okay, well, look who we got last year. We got the likes of Issa Diop and Felipe Anderson. Mm. We had the people from this year, add them to the ones last year. Next year, if we do the same, there might be even better players. You know, that's how you start progressing as a club and you start pushing towards, you know, I don't want to say it because, (laughs) you know, this like promised land of European football and all that sort of thing. You don't want to tempt fate, but, you know, if things keep going along the way they are, and you know the fact that the lights of Man United are beginning to fall away a bit, you do sort of begin to harbour this little bit of hope, like oh maybe maybe yeah. it will happen, maybe yeah. we will actually get is, in it there.
0: It's the hope that kills. Look, mate, I say I'm a, a supporter of a, a similar sized you know Premier League club, and you always go into that same season as the That's was...
2: debatable, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's debatable.
0: No, what, what is the club? <laughs> are you are you doing this? Oh, it's debatable. <laughs> Leicester City. Oh, fair enough. Nice. No, debatable. No, we're not doing this. No. <laughs> James, like, pretend forget I ever said that. We're not having this debate right All now. Right. But it's the hope, isn't it, that kills you. Sorry, the reasonable um, person in the corner here, Danny. Um, <laughs> that that <laughs> I'm getting told why I'm reducing <laughs> to have this debate. We're, we're absolutely not having this debate on the radio about sizes of football clubs. Um, but it is the hope, isn't it, in terms of you look at Arsenal, you look at Manchester United, I mean, Chelsea, with their situation, who knows what's going to happen next season with a transfer ban and a, a, a massive rookie going in. At managerial level, you talk about some of the signings that worked out. You know, if Man United want Issa Diop, you know, various other players would be signing or looking at your players. There is kind of, you know, if you're going to kind of look it through those spectacles, and with with everything kind of going your way, that you know, if everything, well, what, well the ambition has to be to 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 push those clubs, isn't it? It yeah. has to be, or otherwise there's no point.
1: Definitely. I mean, you know, we we've sort of done done the years where we were a bit of a yo-yo club and you know we went we've been down a couple of times and come back up in my lifetime but you know you 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 sort of want to get away with that uh, away from that and sort of be like you know we can push towards getting a higher position because you know they they go into work every day and they put in the hard graft and all that and it's like you know it's pretty pointless doing that if you're not going to aim for something more than what you're already at Mm,
0: no absolutely and say the same thing to you kind of then then James, you know, you think, you know, if you get the likes of hours through, is it is it simply just progression next season, and not necessarily league position? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think it has to be. I think we saw the beginning of of what what we what we the sort of new era that we were told we were going to get in terms of the style of football. Okay, it didn't happen every week, but you know, you had to forgive P- Pellegrini, given that you know it was never going to happen overnight. Um, but I think you're right, progression. Whether that is if we just finish tenth again. But the football's good, you know. We're consistent, more consistent, because last year we weren't consistent, and that was my big gripe throughout the season. Um, I think, in terms of the style of football and the players that we're bringing in, we'll see that. It's just, you know, whether we can really start really fulfilling the, you know, the reasons why we moved stadium. Because I think that's that's in the back of a lot of fans' minds now. Yeah. In that, you know, okay, yeah, we've, it's just the fourth season since we moved. We haven't had a season anywhere close to that last season at Upson Park. We've had to battle relegation for, for what two years. Then last year, which was a good season. So any just any solid season we're not looking over our shoulders at relegation. We're winning games that we should be winning. We're we're, you know, solid at home. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. We'd be like that last season. If we can, you know, make London Stadium a fortress and finish in mid table again, I think that would be progression.
0: On on four though, is there any you know, you talk about, you know, it's great to, to see the club going down the, the route of, you know, young, exciting, talented players. Particularly, I mean, if you're, if you're a Spanish international at any level, the likelihood is you're, you're fairly talented. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, these are young players coming into to new leagues. There is a big price tag. There is a certain expectation. You are naturally excited about this signing that, you know, we, we, it, it's not too uncommon. I mean, it's actually a fairly regular occurrence that a, a young player coming in from a, from a foreign league it doesn't hit the ground running, to say the least
2: there's always going to be that worry as you said and you know i think a lot of fans are going to have to be you know uh, you know admit that it's going to take a little bit of time for him to to get used to the english game um that you know we we spoke to a couple of weeks ago we spoke to a spanish football journalist yeah um who was telling us all about Four Nails and you know he said he didn't have the best season last year for Villarreal. Right. Um, Villarreal weren't great themselves. Okay. So this is
0: purely kind of done on the the scouting and the potential as opposed to what he's he's doing right now.
2: Yeah, and he didn't have the best of seasons. And, you know, we were told, you know, be patient with him. He's got the talent. We've seen he's got the talent, what he's doing for Spain in the summer tournament. Um, But, you know, Danny was writing earlier that, I think it was, no, I think it was, um, Danny was writing earlier that, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get into the West Ham team because he yeah. could be he could be still at the tournament up until the end of June. Yeah, that's a fair point. So he's, he You'll might not even play for a couple of weeks because he's going to join pre-season a bit later. So, you know, we need to be patient with these sort of players, particularly uh, at such a young age. But, you know, the signs are promising. Really, really promising.
0: Yeah. Um, just some breaking news regarding some some transfers just coming into us here at Love Sport. Uh, regards one of these under 21 players who's involved at the European Championships not involving uh, West Ham but it does involve uh, Chelsea Jada Silva who was part of the Chelsea team one of the under 21 players was alone at Bristol City last season he's just signed permanently um, for them Uh, rather interesting there considering uh, Chelsea's transfer embargo obviously do not see a future for him at the club he signed a four-year deal at Bristol City but um, Danny have you had a chance to have a look at much of the the European under 21 championships and and do a bit of scouting yourself Uh, I love doing it I love doing it because sometimes you see these players and think oh could be a start and then 10 years later they they just did nothing
1: i've I've had a little bit of a look There there's one player who it's almost like bad timing that he's doing so well it's danny sabayos and uh west ham and right yeah yeah, yeah.
0: The, the real madrid yeah
1: player. and west ham apparently had a little bit of a look at him um but to be honest like as much as you'd love to say oh yeah he's done really well at the under 21 euros we might end up bringing him in It's like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that, you know, AC Milan are now looking at him and all these different teams are looking at him. So it's, you know, as much as it's a chance to scout players, it also brings competition to sign those players. So yeah, Danny Ceballos is one that's been very impressive. I was looking at him earlier and I'm pretty sure um, it was on who scored. Apart from one game of the three that he's played, he was given the best rating out of Spain. Um, so, you that's know, decent. with Fornals doing well and, you know, other members of their team doing well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, um,
0: if West Ham were interested, you'd hoping that they'd kind of done that scouting
1: previously. If you're at yeah. Real Madrid, you should have, should have heard of him. And then there's also a couple of the Romanian players, you know, they've done say. really well. It's, it's crazy, um, isn't it? Mm, it's absolutely
0: yeah. mental. I mean, you think at at senior level, obviously England making the World Cup semi finals, Croatia making the final, <laughs> being in the same group as France as well and to, to beat England and Croatia score four goals past them, it's pretty nuts, isn't it? So, yeah, you know. <laughs> Do you fancy yeah. any of them? I mean, Georgie Hadji's son, Iannis looks a bit of a baller.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I was going to say him, so, you know, you'd, you've got to be a bit careful going off players off the back of a, yeah. of a national team tournament. But, you know, if they, you know, that could be the basis of them going and looking at him through the next season. And who knows, in January or next summer, it might be like, oh yeah, Haggi's popping up. And then, you know, mm. That might have been the cause of it.
0: Yeah, real life, real life football management. Yeah, Hadji, he, he had a he had a go in Europe, but ended up going back to Romania. So rather interesting. I, I'd imagine off the back of this tournament and the fact that he is related to Georgi Hadji, um, will find himself moving from top dollar to to a big club um, or a big league at least um, this summer. Anyone you seen James at all in European Olympic Championships? I've, I've not been able to catch no. a lot
2: of it. Um, Pablo that Pablo looks pretty good yeah though. What, what do you know of him <laughs> yeah no he's a good little player yeah I like him
0: <laughs> yeah you should sign him you should sign him alright need to take a break it's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport um, loads more transfer talk coming up We're on till 9pm this evening this is Love Sport. Yeah, welcome back. It's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport. We've got Danny and James Jones in the studio with me. Lots of transfer talk, as you can imagine. It's this time of year. We've talked about our kind of scouting mission at the European 21 Championships. Um, a few people that have uh, caught the eye, as you'd imagine. Um, but let's talk about some other transfer sagas that have been... Well, this one in particular has been running on for a while. Again, I remember being sat here in January with you and talking about Maxi <laughs> Gomez. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I remember the time discussing talking thinking it was pretty much a done deal that there was a release clause there he was kind of keen to come to West Ham um, but the situation was Celtic Vigo. they were involved in a relegation battle weren't they and they basically said to him look stay until the end of the season then you Mm -hmm. can you can go Um, well no deal has happened at the moment what is the latest because I'm very much out of the loop well i I've been told that
2: the club really really want him Pellegrini said that's the player I want um, and we're led to believe that wh- whoever Pellegrini wants, he gets. But this one's proving a little bit difficult because apparently he wants to stay in Spain. And right. He wants to sign for one of the top three in Spain. I think I
0: saw Valencia links.
2: Well, Valencia had a had a bid rejected. Okay, yeah, um, I, I didn't just make and that and up. <laughs> he's, he's, apparently he's only interested in staying in Spain and playing for one of the top three. Right. Um, but West Ham believes that there's no chance that the top three are going to go in for him. Um, you know... Unless, unless they can get him for twenty five million at a snip, then you know they're not going to come in and pay like the forty five million yeah, quid that no, they want. No, no, it's a fair point. Um, West Ham obviously don't want to pay the forty five million. They're trying to knock him down, knock him down a little bit. So this one's going to go the distance. You know, if there's going to be a transfer saga this year, it's going to be West Ham and Axie Gomez. So,
0: yeah, I mean, is that kind of Danny what you want to hear? Though, you know, a, a player saying he, he doesn't really fancy. Do you know what I mean? When when you you want that player to be set on that move, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, You know, it always helps when a player's like, oh yeah, I really want to come to West Ham. But, you know, if the deal does happen and as long as he knuckles down, you know, he might end up falling in love with the club and then, you know, he wants to give everything for the shirt and all that sort of game. So, I, I guess I'm not that... I mean, there are a lot of fans that would be incredibly worried by the fact that he's not overly keen on moving to England. But in my personal in my personal opinion you can't really blame him too much because you know obviously there's a comfort zone there and mm. he potentially doesn't want to leave that just yet uh so you know obviously moving outside of Spain where he's played for however long mm. would push him outside of that so in a way you can't blame him um so i wouldn't like hold a grudge against him or anything like that if he did sign
0: yeah and i suppose it james a kind of from the flip side again in in terms of his not defence as such, but in terms of a positive for the football club, it is a mark of ambition, isn't it? That you are going after a striker who believes he can pay for one of those big three in Spain. Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, he was being linked with Barcelona not long ago. I think yeah. even, in, even you know, as soon as January. Um, and Tottenham have been linked with him. You know, Champions League semi uh, uh, sorry, finalists. Um, so <laughs> there, there are big clubs in, in for this lad or have been in for this lad. Um, so the fact that we're, we're still in the fight for him it is good. Um, it's good that he's got that hunger that he wants to play for one of those big Champions League clubs as well. Uh, it's whether then we can, you know, if we can get the opportunity to speak to him and convince him, you know, c- come and spend, you know, one or two seasons with us and try and get us into Europe, and he can be playing at that level anyway. Yeah. Because he obviously feels that, you know, it, it might not be the fact that he wants to play for one of those big clubs. He just wants to be playing in the Champions League or at least the Europa League. Yeah. So, you know, and if we can go, look, you know, we've got the foundations, we've signed, you know, this exciting. Yeah, Spaniard called, that, you know, Pablo uh, Afonso, who will know a lot exactly about. Exactly there,
0: could could help um, work in your favour.
2: You know, come along and, jo- you know, jo- join us and help us get to where we believe we, we can get to. Um, and I think that, that'd be a good sales pitch. And I think that'd be a strong sales pitch to him. But, you know, we've got to be able to get to that table first. And I, I yeah, think Silt ego are, are playing hardball, which I don't blame him for.
0: No, not, not at all. But, I mean, the, naturally you want people through the doors as early as possible. He is the, the one you're after. But at what point... Do you reckon, Danny? You kind of think actually need to move on to to target number two.
1: Um, Well, obviously he's at Copper America at the moment, so there's not not going to be anything too soon. So it's like if you've got your heart set on him, you are going to have to wait. Um, But you know, maybe have have we
0: been linked with any other kind of striker of, of his ilk? Because you know, it's it's clear, isn't it? A striker needs to come in. This window and a, and a decent one to lead the line, you know, and a marquee signing. Other than Gomez, are you hearing whispers of everybody else, or is, is this very
1: much this is the club, this is the one the club are going, you know, all out for? Well, I've seen some stuff about Musa Morega. I'm not sure how. Porto, accurate. Porto, yeah. yeah um You know, he was, I'm pretty sure he Again, was. he's massive as well. Draw, <laughs> drawing as the third top scoring striker in the Champions League last season. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, oh, yeah, he was playing in the Portuguese League. But, you know, to be, he was alongside Tadic, who obviously did very well, and Cristiano Ronaldo and Aguero in the scoring charts in the Champions League. I mean, you know, as much as we are going on to do great, great things, to have a player like that at West Ham United would be very impressive, in my Mm. opinion. Yeah. So. I
2: mean, there are a few others. I mean, there was that other uh, striker early on in the window, uh, Wesley Murray, who, who ended up at Villa. Which surprised me. Villagers came in and yeah. got him, and we were linked again, with him. had
0: 22, 22 quid. Yeah,
2: and then suddenly he was just rocking up at Villa. So, but then you know, there's his ongoing links with Rondon, um, you know, with again, situation. it looks
0: like you're going after a particular striker here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking what what are the physical attributes of um, Gomez, Rondon, and Morega? Yeah,
2: but then there's Mitrovic as well, who can yeah. after yeah. those, you know, can be a bit bullish. So, I don't know. I think you know, we're going to end up with Do at want at Islam
0: Samani. Least... He's
2: going. No, you're right. <laughs> uh, it, it was another player right, we fans. were linked with before he, he rocked up at Leicester. I'll, I'll drop him off on but the yeah, way. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> but there, there are there are several strikers we've been linked with, and it's, it's interesting to see that the club are, are really keen on, on, on signing strikers, mm. um, but they're doing it a completely different way than they were. They were targeting Lacazette and Batshuayi about four four years ago, <laughs> where they're not telling anyone. They're not really sort of, they're keeping their cards close to their chest. Okay, the rumours are coming out. Um, but they're not, you know. David Sullivan's not, you know, writing a column on the website going, "We've got 50 million quid and we want to sign this guy." It's it's a measured approach to uh, to signing a striker. And I think we'll sign one or two strikers uh, because you know we've already let Lucas Perez go. Um, uh, Hernandez is on his way yeah. out. You know, he's Andy admitted Carroll that Andy Carroll has been released. Jordan Hugo will probably go as well if we can find a buyer. Who? Uh yeah exactly. Um so uh, we we need we should expect at least two two maybe even three to come in to to fill the gaps. Yeah. Uh I can't imagine two or three of the, the names we've already spoken about going to come in because that'd be pretty crazy. Mm. But you know I'd like to see the Maxi Gomez come through but if not then you know I think the the next best thing would probably be Mitrovic for me.
0: I, I like Rondón and say so the, the issue with Mitrovic again is that there he's not going to be it's not going to be straightforward is it? To, to prize away from Fulham even if he is even if he is available there's going to be a big queue now obviously I'm not saying that the West Ham of course can't win that signature. of course they could but they're going to be in amongst a whole host of clubs I mean mm-hmm. the situation with, with Salomon Rondon is um, that he's not going to sign for Newcastle permanently now um, I found it one of the most crazy deals of all time because you know they, they have a policy that Mike Ashley doesn't allow any, anyone over the age of 26 to, to sign for the club <laughs> Madness. Well, well, why on earth did you bring in Solomon Rondon on a loan deal with View to a permanent when he's twenty nine years old? Yeah, I, what, I mean, I think the, West Brom have been dealt a pretty hard, yeah, hard, hard yeah. line there. But yeah, Rondon's going to be available, and he is, you know, a number nine who can lead the line, yet not prolific. But you know what you're going to get. And if you're talking of needing maybe a couple of strikers, Rondon, I, I mean, again, I, I, I think for any kind of mid-table, top-half Premier League club, he'll do a job. The problem I mean the release cost is only sixteen million
2: quid, he's not gonna break which the bank is, either. Which is peanuts um, really, isn't it? its peanuts it in it? today's market. Yeah. And you know, I d I don't think if we do sign Rondon, he's not gonna be a starter every week, not if on out of it stays, which is looking very, very likely now. Um he's gonna be the backup option off the bench, very much like Andy Carroll was when he was fit. Um but I think he'll do he'll do a much more productive job than, than Andy Carroll could do towards the end of his West Ham career. It, it'd be it'd be a clever signing. But will he be prepared to be coming in and playing, you know, and playing second fiddle, and coming on for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes a game just to try and try and nick a goal? Mm. I'm not too sure whether he'd be up for that. Given the impact he had for Newcastle last year, he knows he can still play at the top level, week in, week out. Would he settle for that?
0: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I feel as well if you if you go and get that ultimate kind of number nine as the the, the obvious player, it is then hard to then bring another striker isn't it we talk about kind of a harry kane jamie viley situation nobody wants to sign for those football clubs because you know you're going to be playing second fiddle to those Mm -hmm. guys you know it'll be a similar thing if you go spend 50 million pounds on a striker you then got to convince another one to come in and 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 say well you you will play so is it then not a little bit kind of wise to go and go down a similar route with what spurs did finding someone like a um, son who can play across the front you know who can play wide, but also as a, as a striker. Because if you end up kind of, you know, having three, four strikers, you're just going to end up in the same situation right now with unhappy strikers not playing.
2: We've got players like that already in the squad. You know, Lanzini can play that role. Fornals could probably play that role as well. Yeah, uh, Anderson played that role many a times last season, yeah. and Onatwich can play that role. Um, I don't. Antonio
0: can play everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can play goal if you <laughs> yeah, want it. Um, a job.
2: <laughs> I, I I don't see Rondon coming in and and going up front and then someone else coming in and, and playing that sort okay. of son, son role. I can see the likes of you know Gomez or Mitrovic coming in and then uh, Arnautovic being able to play that role. I, I think you know if we're going to have that, then we're going to need a more mobile striker up top. I don't see Rondón as that mobile striker. I see Rondón as a player to come in and and be that option off the bench rather than that that regular starter. Um so I think he I, I can see him being a last resort if we fail to get Gomez.
1: I think if we don't get Gomez, we could sort of you know, you sort of go for two strikers who have a similar level, you know, find someone who's Rondón and then like another player of that sort of level but a different style and you sort of say go on challenge Arnautovic and go and become the first choice striker mm. because then you've got three strikers all you know wanting to prove that they should be the first choice mm. they're all going to give their all and they're all going to have a chance of actually playing you know whereas you know if we did sign Gomez obviously you want to have the best striker you possibly can but it would in a way, help having three strikers who are of a similar level because, mm. you know, they're staying motivated throughout the whole season because they know that if they put in a couple of good performances, they've got a chance of being the main man.
0: Yeah. No, I just I often, with, with strikers, it can be a dangerous game, can't it? Because they're all so desperate to play. Yeah. They all need a run of games as well. You know, you can't just throw somebody in then bring them out for, for a couple of games. Um, but w- with Arnie, is there any talk, any whispers whatsoever? He, he'll be offers that completely disappeared. Now, personally, it feels like it has. It's disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Know,
2: good thing, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we're all a little bit upset with what happened in January, um, and some people might. You know, I, I know that my brother, being one, has has like washed his hands of him. Yeah, just don't want anything to do with him anymore because of what happened. Uh, after, like, I'm sure he's not the only one after the Wimbledon game where you know we'd just been beat four two by. A, bottom of the League One team, and suddenly he's coming out going, I'm going to stay, I've just signed this new contract, five minutes after full-time research, It's like, you should have been on that pitch, mate. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why a lot of fans would rather rather sell him and sort of, you know see the back of him, but he showed towards the end of the season in those last two games that he can be so important to, to West Ham United and he can score goals. Um, and I, th- I see no reason why we shouldn't try and keep hold of him because he's got that contract, he's on a lot of money, you know, why not keep him? And at the moment, it looks like China have lost interest.
0: Yeah, well, that, that feels, to say, because of that contract and because of his age and the money that West Ham would naturally like to receive for yeah. him if so they were going to do a deal, the only option, really, is if it's, there's Chinese interest again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I say China have lost interest, like the Chinese clubs, not the entire country. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it does look as though the, the Chinese club's interested in him aren't interested anymore and that can only work in our favour because no one in Europe are going to pay 45, 50 million quid for him
0: No. Nah. No, unless you're a a Premier League football club, as as you rightly say, Uh, you are listening to the West Ham Fan Show. Going to take a break. We come back one till nine PM this evening. Going to discuss some other things. The defence is anybody coming in this summer? Um, You know, the likes of Issa Diop, Balbuena had had decent seasons. Do we need anyone else? I know Diop's been linked, isn't he, with moves away from the football club? And also talk about the midfield as well. We know that Fornals has come in. We've got lots of options there. Anyone else? Listen to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. This is the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sports. Jake Watson in for Johnny Burrow this evening. He is resting up. Got, his, uh, got himself the sniffles. Um, he will be back next week. Got James Jones and Danny, though, uh, in the studio with me. Um, we've been talking kind of various transfers and a host, host of other stuff that you do this time of the year. Let's talk about our defence, though. Um, let's start with Issa Diop. The rumours died down a little bit. I mean, it kind of when Manchester United were going hell for ever for Harry Maguire, then felt like well, maybe we won't get him, so we kind of turned their attentions to Issa Diop. Again, they were kind of very much rebuffed, weren't they? And it's sort of kind of died down again. I mean, the whole Issa Diop thing uh, made me
2: laugh, but I think the only reason why United were interested is because they uh, Edward would remembered what Jose Mourinho said about uh, Issa Diop last season. He sort of after Diop had. Had an absolute worldy against them, mm. and uh, Mourinho came out after and said, Oh, you know, well played to the scout that got him because he's, you know, he's a real monster at the back. and I think everyone must be like, Okay, I need a centre back. Oh, yeah. I remember Mourinho mentioning <laughs> that defender, let's go for him. Um, and I'm really pleased with the way West Ham have uh, have conducted themselves in this. They've just gone, You're not having him unless you pay a ridiculous amount of money for him.
0: But also, the, from his perspective as well, he didn't say anything. He didn't he say anything, saying, I'm, rich, I'm, I'm happy.
2: Which is nice. Um, and then we, we had the the sh- the sheer guts to go okay if you want him we'll have Anthony Martial <laughs> off you and I love that I love that it's you now years ago we were just taking the money and run and this time we've gone no we'll play our ball with you and it seems like because of that it's gone away uh, hopefully it has because you know I want to see Issa Diop play for West Ham for for many many years to come because I think he's absolutely class
0: yeah so that's it isn't it was is it is it building the defense around him is he is he the main man the leader
1: yeah definitely I mean when you look at the centre back partnership of Issa Diop and Fabian and Balbuena, you think, you know, that's one of the best centre-back partnerships we've probably had in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's really encouraging to have those two playing together. And, you know, obviously, Balbuena's a bit older, but there's a couple of years there where they can really build a strong partnership. Yeah. Mm. And as long as we keep Issa Diop for a couple of years, you know, even, you know, it's sort of inevitable that at some point in, you know, hopefully the far future he'll probably end up going to a bigger side at some point. But, you know, you want to just enjoy seeing him commanding at the back and being really dominating and stuff like that to, as long as we can, really.
0: Like Leicester City. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> debatable. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm winding you up. <laughs> kind of. Um, it's about keeping them fit, though, isn't it, the pair of them? It is, yeah. I mean,
2: Bob Bueno had uh, an injury problem where Bonner had to come in and deputise, but then Diop and O'Bonner looked really, really yeah. solid together, um, which surprised me because, you know, as soon as normally when one of our defenders gets injured, it all falls apart, but it's, it didn't last year. And But Diop, it took him a few games to, to really... To really sort of get used to English English game,
0: Because yeah, so again, I remember when he came in, it was a, for a decent chunk, and there was a fair amount of hype. You know, there's lots of people who yeah. watched that that, that League Arnold saying, "Look, you've got yourself a, a hell of a player here." But it wasn't completely evident, wasn't it initially? But say by the end, yeah, it then kind of you start to realise actually. When, again, when you consider how he, his age he is. Was twenty two?
2: Twenty two. Yeah. yeah, you're
0: thinking actually. You know, in a couple of years' time, you could have one of the best defenders in the Premier League at this football yeah, club.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know, a lot of a lot of West Ham fans hadn't heard of him when he when he turned up. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were surprised that he so. paid What I think it was like twenty three million quid for him. Mm. Um, and then he sort of didn't play for the first few games, but then his his first start for the club was against Wimbledon. The the Wimbledon game but that we won. He scored. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but oh, for God. the first twenty minutes, he was a little bit ropey, and then he got an elbow from a centre forward. I mean, that's an introduction, forward. isn't it? Yeah, that's an introduction to the British night football in Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> get an elbow from Welcome a 30 thirty-five-year-old centre forward yeah. playing I think at the league Hansen, yeah, wasn't it Yeah, James Hansen might have been. Yeah. And uh, after that, he's, he was just superb. It's if like he just needed an elbow in the face from someone yeah. <laughs> um, to wake up and realise where he was. And ever since then, he'd been he'd been really really good. And um, if, yeah, you're right. If we can keep him fit. If we can keep him away from the grass or some of the bigger clubs for a couple of years, watch him grow, um, and if we can get into Europe, which obviously is the long-term goal, then there's no reason why we can't keep him for, uh, for longer than just two or three years, because obviously he's going to be one of playing in the biggest competitions. Yeah,
0: got to give him a, a big bumper contract, though. No.
2: Yeah, it's going to have to come. Yeah, I don't it, know what it he's is on though, now. But...
0: The, the, this is the thing, you know. If you have a decent season. To 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 kind of stay away from that interest. I mean, even if it, you can talk about ambition of of playing for Manchester United. Why would people want to go there? Well, you know, they'd offer him 150k a week. You know, Mm. not saying West Ham have to do that, but he his agent would be going to the football club saying, "Well, look, he's on say for instance 50, give him 90." That's the way it works. We played
2: a really dangerous game with what happened with Arnautovic in January because you know he made made noises that he wanted to leave. Agent made noises he wanted to leave, and suddenly got a new contract. You know, that sends a message to a lot of our players that you know just make a few noises and you can get a new contract. And you know, l- luckily so far, Diop hasn't said a word. He said, like, "No, I'm happy. I'm mm. happy where it is." But his agent could could quite happily go, "Look, United are interested. Unless you give us a new contract, we're going to force a move." Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be against him giving a new deal. He deserves it.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, and I agree. It's definitely that it would show a, a mark of ambition as well, keeping the likes of them and tying them down to, to longer contracts. So, Danny, I don't think you need another defender. You, you, you think, again, you know, if you you look after that partnership, you're fairly, fairly confident with the likes of um, Agbona. I and
1: mean, I suppose Rice can also drop in there as well. Yeah, well, I'm very happy with the centre-back partnership. But, I mean, if you look at last season, obviously Fabianski made the most saves in the Premier League. Yeah, West Ham still conceded fifty-five goals, so there's something wrong there. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit worrying that we've not looked at any defenders so at all. What
0: What do you reckon that was then? Because Fabianski did have a good season, and we're talking about Diop and Balbuena, have a decent partnership. I mean, is it just one of those stats that doesn't perhaps tell a the the, the true story, or or thinking maybe that the protection or the fallbacks? What What is it?
1: Well, I'd say we were a bit frail at fallback, but. I've actually got quite a bit of faith in Ryan Fredericks that he's going to do really well it's this going year. He's good. Yeah, well, I mean, he he ended up getting a 10 out of 10 performance against Southampton last year. You mean, and on he, who scored again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's part of my job to be fair. So. <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, I mean, he's done he's done really well at the end of last season. So hopefully he'll carry that on, but I do think we need to sign a new left back. I mean, we were looking at Ali Kalderim from Fenerbahce and he recently pocketed Mbappe uh, when the, Turkey beat France 2-0. Mm. Obviously, you can't go off on performance. But, you know, I do really think that if we get a good defensive left back, we could be a solid defensive team this year. And, you know, with the fact that Manuel Pellegrini wants to play a midfield free of Rice, Fournals and Lanzini so having two attacking midfielders you're going to need a solid defence otherwise you're going to ship so many goals Mm. so I think we do definitely need to look at defenders in the transfer window, mainly at left back you agree with that James?
2: Yeah, I think left back is the is probably the only area of the squad that.
1: Because you still got
0: Masuaku and uh, Cresswell, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a shame because Cresswell has had so many great years at the club, yeah, but it's since he isn't picked it, that injury happened? up yeah. a couple of years ago, he's n- he's not been the same. Uh, Maswaku, is it a, a
0: confidence r- thing or has he just maybe lost a yard? What, I think what is it with I think, Aaron? I think
2: it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. At the beginning, it was confidence and then obviously as time's gone on, he's had a couple of good games since then, don't yeah. get me wrong. Right, no, he's, he's, not, he's not a bad player but he again, has lost if, we, the if we
0: sat here talking about the progression and the ambitions and, and looking at the other players in and around him, it, it's got to the point that at one point he was your player of the season, he was one of your best yeah. players to yeah. now it's kind of like actually to know what,
2: we can actually upgrade on you now. But his game's had to change as well because you know since then we've changed the manager twice, You know, different tactics, yeah. You know, different instructions. His game's had to change and um, it's just a shame that what's happened's happened. But you know, Masawaka again. You know, he's coming and had you know had some good some good games. But he's erratic. You know, like one day yeah. it'll be it be absolutely superb. The next to be. You know, I wouldn't
0: quite go as far as saying Maverick, but again, just, a, he's a character. That's what I would call him. You
2: can't. I mean, if Will's listening, it, it'd be so upset because he yeah. loves him, yeah. calls him King Arthur. But um, I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, I like him, but. I don't think we can have him there, and yeah. I think we need to. It's the one position where I'm not hundred percent happy, hundred like percent sort of safe with. We need to bring in a proper left back, a left back that can be there for three, four, five years, and really sort of solidify that that defence. Because everywhere else we're looking good, we're looking really good, and you know if we can just nail that bit down, I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, no, and, and that is you talk about that midfield three, you now's Rice, and, and Lanzini, It's pretty tasty. Yeah, it,
2: it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, three exciting young players, Declan Rice. You know, but, but the best holding midfielder in England right now. Um, it's,
0: I, I, well, the producer I've got he just—he jumped up. I think he's maybe disagreeing. I don't know, but off the top of my head, in, <laughs> there certain, isn't. There's certainly not an outstanding person massively ahead no, of him. Again, I, I was out there in um, in Portugal and obviously playing for England in, in in the first game when he got substituted off. England then conceded and he, he was one of the better players without a shadow of a doubt in the in that England side we think he's so new into it you know he just continued just to, to take everything you know yeah. duck to water but at the same time it's always like you know this this difficult second album you know he's had this season now where everyone said wow what a player He's now got uh, at the very least do the same again, hasn't he? And it is, it, is, it is, you know, suddenly people are watching Declan now a lot more than they were at the start of last season.
2: I mean, everyone's everyone's saying this this was his breakthrough season. Mm. It was the season before it was his real breakthrough season because that was where he had a lot of his difficulties. Yeah, you know, he did, Where he Moyes did. pulled him out of the team for the mistake at Arsenal, and you know, he was really sort of working out what he was where he was going to fit in. But he played over thirty games that that year. Um, so I don't think this year was his break. Okay, he got international recognition, and you know, he's been linked with some big clubs, but. Now, I think he's the sort of character that will just you know, just brush it off and go again.
1: Yeah, well, it was his breakthrough season in terms of, you know, breaking into the consciousness of yeah. Yeah. England and all that sort of thing. But, you know, he it's not like he just popped up and suddenly he was like an England international. You know, he sort of went through, as James said, went through last season and learned from his mistakes. And, you know, it's been very important. And now you just watch him and you're thinking... You know, wow like, I can't believe he's a West Ham player I hope we just hang on to him for as long as we can yeah mm.
0: we will do well chaps look, that's where we've got to leave it this evening absolute pleasure speaking to you both Danny Lewis and uh, James Jones West Ham fans are here on Love Sport Radio uh, Johnny Burrow will be back next week for
1: you this programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio so some items may be out of date for more podcasts or to listen live visit lovesportradio.com